0: with me and read today's text. You you can only Only enter enter God's God's kingdom kingdom only only through through the the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who chose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few have ever found it. You may be seated. Thank you, Kyle, so much. Thank you, students, for leading worship today. Isn't it great to have them in the room singing and leading this morning? It's so wonderful. And every time I see that on the calendar and it's a part of our planning, um, it just gives me a lot of joy. Um, And so, uh, thank you so much for leading worship with us today. My name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at First Baptist Church. So if you're new with us today, thank you so much for joining us for worship. We would love to know that you're with us today. You can do that in two ways. Uh, you can, if there's one in front of you, in the, in the chair back in front of you, there's usually a little card that you could fill out. You could hand to me later or put it in one of our boxes around the room. Or you can do this online. You can go to fbcsa.org slash connect Or go to our homepage and there's a connect spot, connect here spot. But that's a simple way that you can just say, hey, I was here with you. And gives us an opportunity to connect with you at a later time. Our mission as a church family is to faithfully follow our Lord Jesus Christ and lead all others to a joyful life with him. We really believe that Jesus is the way. Uh, We believe that his life is our map. And that he's invited us to live in his kingdom by his way through which we receive forgiveness and restoration, the greatest reward that this universe knows. And we want to get better at telling that story. And uh, we're learning to do that better and better all the time. We want to encourage you to continue to give to advance that mission through the life of this church. And you can do that by going to fbcsa.org slash give, or you can uh, give that offering in one of the boxes that we have around the room. Uh, We have been in the Sermon on the Mount. We're actually in our final few weeks in this sermon where Jesus has been reintroducing to the people the kingdom of God and what it is like. Now, they had heard about the kingdom of God, but they haven't seen the kingdom of God. The culture uh, had not clearly depicted what it looked like to live the kingdom. And so Jesus came and he both reintroduced this kingdom, but he also modeled what it looked like to live this kingdom. Now, we know that when he wrapped up The greatest sermon ever preached on the planet, verses 28 and 29 of chapter 7, it says, And the people were amazed because he spoke with such authority. They had never encountered anything like this. And the people walked away thinking, my goodness, uh, who is this man that speaks but, but Jesus doesn't let us think that somehow this incredible sermon is just a TED talk. Uh, that, that we could be both amazed and maybe see nuggets of really great information uh, and maybe adopt some of that into our life, but essentially just move on. Be wowed by this person on the stage and then go about the normal rhythms of our life. Jesus. Jesus doesn't let us do that. In the final passages that are recorded of this sermon, Jesus begins this line in the sand moment. And he introduces four main metaphors where he invites his listeners you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose. You can't have your way and the kingdom way. It doesn't work that way. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at his first major metaphor where he conveys one single message, which is, believe me and live the kingdom or not. But rest assured, the the not leads to great destruction and tragedy. You, you can't just walk away from this sermon and go about your own way unless you're willing to embrace destruction. And so this morning he uses this metaphor of both the gate and the path. Kyle led us in that reading, but let me read it again. Verses 13 and 14 of chapter seven. Jesus says, okay, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, The highway to hell or the highway to destruction or the path to destruction is broad. It's not narrow and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult or hard and only ever a few find it. He uses three primary descriptive words to talk about this path, this kingdom path, uh, the gate and the path. The first one is that he makes very clear is that the gate and path is narrow. He'll also talk about it being hard, uh, that the path of the kingdom is not an easy path. It's a really hard path. And then he says this, and very few people actually walk the kingdom path, which is tough tough. But let's look at these individually. What is Jesus saying to us when he uses the word narrow throughout verses 13 and 14? What, one of the things that he is saying is that uh, it, he is the gate and there's the pathway that's also narrow, but the gate and the path, the, they're both visible, available, and accessible, God has gone to great lengths to reveal himself and his kingdom. He's not trying to hide his kingdom, he's trying to reveal his kingdom. And, and so one of the things that Jesus is saying is it it there is a gate and there is a way. And it's accessible, it's available. That's why I've been preaching this sermon. I want you to see and hear the kingdom, see the gate and know the path. It's accessible. But it's also crowded. It's it's a narrow gate and a narrow path in a world full of wide gates and wide paths. It's a crowded space. I went to uh, Krakow, Poland last spring, last May. And one evening, um, Daniel Russell and I uh, went to dinner together, and um, we were on a mission to find an Indian restaurant in the heart of a very crowded area downtown Krakow. And so we pulled out our phones, which is a nice luxury to have that pulls up GPS, and we navigated the streets and to eventually find this Indian restaurant that was that was situated in a little alleyway uh, just kind of off the beaten path but in the heart of the city you want to know how we found it we were looking for it we were looking for it one of the reasons that people miss the narrow gate and the narrow path is because they're not looking for it they just they're about their way Uh, they're about their gates and they just pass it by We know this when Jesus talks about seeking in in seven verse seven, that passage on prayer, he says this, keep on seeking. These are connected. The reason many miss the narrow gate is simply because they're not looking for it. They're not seeking the kingdom of God. They're not aiming their hearts at finding the way. Therefore, they really don't need GPS or a map. They've already committed themselves and they just pass it by, pass it by. The gate is narrow, not because God has made it invisible, but because most simply aren't looking for it. Jesus also describes the way of the kingdom as hard, as hard. In verse 14, He says, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. The road is difficult. The road is hard. You know, it's really easy to believe the kingdom but not live the kingdom. It's really easy to agree or to affirm the theological truths, but not really hold on to them in real life. Jesus doesn't really give us that option. In In the heart and mind of Jesus, there's not like, okay, there's conversion, and then there's there's this other thing that may or may not happen, living the kingdom. No, and in, in the mind of Jesus, when he's talking about living the kingdom, he merges those, those two. It's You you go through the narrow gate and you walk the path. They're not separate things. In the mind of Jesus, you can't just assent to theological truths about God or about Jesus and then somehow miss the whole part of living the kingdom. It's not an option for Jesus. When he talks about kingdom, when he talks about the gate and the way says the gate is narrow if you find it but if you find it and you begin to walk the path those two go together and that path is hard we have often reduced following Jesus to a prayer we really haven't done a good job teaching that Not only do we confess and profess Christ, but we also live the kingdom. We're called to live the kingdom. Jesus says it's more than just walking and standing at a gate, it's actually taking on the path, it's living the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says some profound things a text y'all are very familiar with. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus's appeal that, listen, by my grace, I will lift your burdens, that burden of sin. You don't have to be enslaved to sin anymore. You don't have to be enslaved to judgment anymore. I'm gonna lift that burden for you. But then he says this, but then you must take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus never says, just come to me, all who are weary and heavy leaven and just live the way you wanna live. Just continue to go your own way. No, he says, come to me. I'm gonna remove the burden that you've been carrying, but you have to take on my yoke. You've got to learn from me how to live life now. You've got to learn how to follow in my way. That's how he's talked about life and living in the kingdom, taking on the yoke of Jesus. A good friend of mine, pastor in the city, Tyrone Recreery, and quoting Jesus as if Jesus were saying this, would, would ask the question Did you take on my yoke? Did you take on my yoke? Or are you continuing just to live your own way? Have you committed your life to seeking after Jesus and learning from Jesus how to live out this kingdom? Or are you simply just going about it your own way? Jesus doesn't give us that option. Jesus doesn't give us that option. He says, you must take on my yoke. This is all over um, the, the sayings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, he says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you, and people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it, be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Jesus has always talked about living his kingdom in hard ways. He's never said the kingdom is easy, that you can just continue on your own path. Then no, you must walk the hard path. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, he says, Then Jesus said to disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your way or to your life, you'll lose it but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus has always clearly communicated that the way of the kingdom is hard. It's hard. Dallas Willard said this, is grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Dallas Willard was a great theologian, philosopher. Um, and what he meant by that is this, is that the, the gate, that narrow gate, is a, 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 we enter it by the grace of God. It's not of our own work. We don't earn the gate. We don't earn walking the path. But in the same vein as Jesus has been communicating when he talks about his kingdom, grace is not opposed to effort. How do I live the kingdom in my life at at school or at work? How How do I say yes to the kingdom of God in all those different places, even when it's hard to do so? How do I do that? And Jesus says, yeah, you've got to put forth some grit to live after the kingdom, knowing that it's hard. It requires effort, and that we're, we're able to live out that kind of effort because of the grace of God. But it's hard. Kingdom living is a serious commitment to learn from Jesus. It's, it's learning to change your values, your way of life, and how you think about the world. Jesus never said just... Come and hang out and be my buddy and friend. Yeah, we're friends of Jesus because we know what he's all about. And he says, living the kingdom means joining me, following me, traveling with me. You don't have the option of listening to the Sermon on the Mount and saying, Yes, that sounds awesome. And then continue to live your own way. He says you're gonna have to choose. You're gonna have to choose. Some don't walk through the gate because it is simply too hard. They have to give up too much. I've got to change too many values. I've got to risk my reputation. I've got to change the way I arrange my schedule and use my resources. I've got to give up way too many rights. Jesus, it's hard. A dear friend of mine. Um, tells a story when he was in London. He was attending a, a, a Iranian church in London. Uh, believers from Iran, and he tells the story. He was there for a baptism, and this middle-aged man was getting baptized. And before he was baptized, the pastor said, "You know you're about to lose your family. You know you're about to probably lose your livelihood. Do you still want to be baptized?" Do you still wanna walk through this gate? Do you still wanna set your foot on this path? We don't feel that. I mean, life is so easy for us, we don't have to give up anything. We can, we can say we follow Jesus and love Jesus, but our lives just kinda just go about the same rhythms of everybody else around us. We don't know what it means to count the cost in the same way as a new believer who possibly could lose their family because they've chosen to walk through the gate of Jesus. But the point is this, is Jesus is saying, the reason there are few people living the kingdom is because most aren't even looking for the kingdom. And then some who even see the kingdom aren't willing to take that step because it's simply too hard We've got to give up way too much, too much comfort or convenience, too much risk, just simply too hard. Jesus says there are few, few people who both find and live the kingdom. It's startling for us. Like, really? Really? Are there really few that really live for the kingdom? I read an article not too long ago in The Atlantic. And the author said this. The defining problem driving out most people who leave the church is just how American life works in the 21st century. Just the way things are. Contemporary America simply isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life. Rather, it's designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. What is he saying? Most people aren't really committed to the kingdom and the life of the church, Because really, they're just about living their own personal life and own financial successes, own way. Just doesn't fit anymore. The majority in our culture, even our church culture, are simply committed to living their own way. The majority of us are just living our own way. And we've just embraced a culture that has been growing over centuries. of It's really just about me. It's about my identity. It's about my individuality. It's about what I wanna do. It's about my personal successes. It's about, fill in the blank. It's about me, me, me. And Jesus says, listen, yeah, it's hard to give up me. That's why the way is hard and few find it because all of us, most of us, many of us are so enamored by me that we're just not willing to give it up. So is it true that there are few? I would say yeah. I would say yeah. Why in the world would someone choose the hard path? The text tells us Verse 14, he says, But the gateway to life, the gateway to life. The few who walk through the gate of Jesus and live the hard path of the kingdom do so because they're not just living in the moment, they're looking at the end of the road, they're looking at the map. And they've discerned because of what God has revealed that the end of the road for the kingdom of God is rich reward. It's eternal life, it's restoration, it's a new body, it's a resurrected body among a resurrected people where there's full fellowship with God and full fellowship with one another, unhindered by sin. There's real freedom. And the person that chooses the hard path to live the kingdom way, to love our enemies, to lay down judgment of others to be merciful and kind and humble and gentle they see the reward that Jesus has at the end of that path but those of us many of us in our culture and the world choose the easy path because we're only living for what's in front of us but he says listen the people that choose the hard way have they're looking down the road And they're like, I'm willing to live the hard path. I'm willing to live the kingdom of God. I'm willing to lose myself to Jesus and choose his way rather than my way because the reward of following Jesus is far greater because it's life. It's real life as opposed to the promises of sin that just are in the present. That's why they choose the hard way. I read a story years ago and I was reminded this week as we were uh, looking at this passage. um, Some of you might know this. Uh, There was a a man in Singapore who would buy a first class ticket out of the Singapore airport, which is stunning by the way. It's huge. It's like a gigantic mall. It's awesome. But he he would buy a first class ticket he would go to the airport, check in, go to the gate. And because he has a first class ticket, he has access um, to the first class lounge where he could get like the best food on the planet. I mean like five star, Michelin star kind of cuisine. He would eat, then he would rebook his ticket and go home. Come back the next day, do the same thing over again and over and over and over again. When they started investigating this, they said he had done this likely over a 100 times. Man, he had learned it out. He figured it out, right? If I just buy a first class ticket and rebook it all the time, I can go in and have the best food, receive the best blessing, but never go anywhere. How many of us Buy first class tickets into the kingdom of God, but never go anywhere. Never go anywhere. Never travel with Jesus. Really not committed to living the way of Jesus. We just want the blessings of Jesus. I just want the buffet line. Just fill me up. We come Sunday morning, we go to Bible study, but we're never committed to actually traveling with Him. We just want the fruits of what we can get from the kingdom. don't be that guy. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus, Jesus is saying some really hard things to us. He's saying you don't have the option and the luxury of just listening to me and thinking those are really some really challenging and cool things and then go about your own way and expect to know real life. You'll only know destruction if you live that way. If you just go the broad way, you only know destruction. But if you want to know real life, you need to walk through the narrow gate and travel with me. Travel with me. So my question for us, for you, is do you believe Jesus? And will you travel with Jesus in the kingdom of God? way even though it's hard and for now costs you much your reputation convenience and comfort will you travel with Jesus let's pray father thank you so much for your word these challenging words from Jesus that he won't let us off the hook Lord, help us to choose you, believe in you, follow you, and live your kingdom, to continue to seek, continue to ask, continue to learn how to live out the kingdom in our life. We need your help. We need one another. But move us, convict us, that we might actually travel and live the kingdom with your son. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said Amen. One of the things that Jesus says about himself.